Running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your hosts, Jerry Napoleonello and Kevin Donlin. What is up? Running up the score, we are back. Jerry Napoleonello, Kevin Donlin. We are here to talk some football. We got a lot to go in this in this show, uh, and I'm I'm excited. We're getting close to the end of the, the season, which is crazy. This this season feels like it's just flying by, uh, and we have an extra game too. On top of that, you would think that the season would feel long, but that is not true this year. This year is flying by. We are already in week 15. We are already in week 15. Week 15 starts tonight. We got Thursday night football, Chiefs Chargers, division game. Excited for that one. Um, but we got other stuff to talk about. And we weren't going to talk, we weren't going to start the show with this, but uh, it came out last night at about midnight, that the Jaguars are moving on from Urban Meyer. And to be honest with you, not surprised. Not surprised one bit. It's been a, uh, you know, a absolute circus in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, it's a, <clears throat> it's a concept of uh, what we've talked about before where um, you've got college coaches that are treating – uh, grown men as if they're they're children yeah. and um, it's very tough to get the you know your locker room to have your back when you treat them like that and you know it's a you know obviously some of the things he had done were in joking matters and you know trying to have like a nice little you know repertoire within the uh, you know within the locker room but uh, honestly it's it comes down to the fact that he was continuously treating these men as if they were boys. And, you know, th- there's no other sign of disrespect coming as like as you, as you get older and more mature for someone to, you know, talk to you as if you're a child. And I don't think he understood that concept. Um, I felt like he still needed to learn. You know, the, these players needed to obviously learn more. He felt like he needed to teach more. But his concept and his demeanor on how he did it was just... Uh, you know, at times inappropriate, and obviously what he had even done off the field had been a question mark as well. So for Urban Meyer, I think it's time to head back to the college ranks. I think it's time to, uh, I mean, honestly, at this rate, keep a low profile wherever you do decide to go. Um, it, this was a disaster from the very start from Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville paid him a lot of money, and now they're stuck paying him that money regardless. I mean, you see that he got fired, but he don't care. I mean, why Why would he care? I mean, I wouldn't. If it's just, you know, going off of, you know, just human instincts, yeah. uh, you know, if I can make millions of dollars and be out in one year, you know, I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, there wouldn't be a question to that. But for him, obviously, there's no, you know, he don't he don't care at all. I don't yeah. I don't I guarantee you that. But Jacksonville's in a, uh, a terrible state. You got a young quarterback and to have a young quarterback go through something like that already. You know, we're changing, you know an entire system when you change your coach and you're going to have your rookie quarterback dealing with that early on. It's a, uh, it's a terrible situation. And this is coming from a jet fan. And we, we know we've done this before with rookie quarterbacks and 
changing the personnel around him, changing the offensive coordinator, changing the head coach, changing the system. It, it becomes a big uh, a big issue for a quarterback that's just trying to learn and uh, get better. Well, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it, it was uh, a dumpster fire from the beginning. I mean, this just came out recently, I think actually today, um, that Urban Meyer was, you know, calling the special teamers by – you know, their position and saying, oh, hey, kicker or hey, punter, hey, long snapper, whatever it is, um, calling them all kinds of like curses and uh, and then also ended up kicking Josh Lambeau while he was stretching during preseason, basically walked up to him, called him a curse word and kicked him and said, how about you don't miss this kick now? Um and it wasn't like a hard kick. Uh, he rated it a five out of ten, but still, the, you know, like you were saying, he was treating these, uh, you know, men as, you know, they were eighteen-year-olds. Like that's not you can't do that in the NFL. Most of the team makes more than you do. You can't you can't treat these guys like that. And this isn't college. You know, this isn't you can't do that now. And which is, you know, crazy to think now. It's like, all right, well, how is he actually treating these college kids when he was down at, you know, uh, Ohio State or uh, I think he was at Utah State as well. Like, what was he doing? You know, and, and you're, that's like eye-opening, really, uh, because these kids are already, you know, they're trying to get into the NFL. So they're, you know, they're not going to put themselves in a position where, you know, there there could be some kind of uh, dispute, you know, between the team and the coach, whatever it is. So it's it's kind of scary to think, like, what this guy is actually doing to college kids when he was co- coaching the college kids. Um, but that's not going to fly in the NFL. And uh, to see Urban Meyer back in the NFL, I don't think you're going to do it. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, enough is enough, really. And it all happened in, you know, a little bit more than half a season. You know, you have the whole the whole uh, situation where he didn't board the the flight home uh, with the team because he wanted to stay back at his restaurant in Ohio, in Ohio, and then ends up you know getting photographed, getting like a lap dance or whatever it was. Like this, it, it's just been a dumpster fire since then. And then you know, just recently, you know, the stuff that's going on with him, you know, uh, where the the whole thing came out in the news and he basically said if that that person is you know whoever said that is going to be fired or whatever whatever it was it's just it's it was a constant thing and then on top of it you're 2 and 11 you know so it's it didn't go well it it wasn't a uh, a good stop in the NFL for Urban Meyer and that's really all it was it's going to be a flyby because he drove by stayed a little bit and now he's turning around, right back around to probably the college football ranks. Um, probably Florida. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. But uh, moving on to some actual good NFL news, um, or not so good for the rest of the NFL. Kansas City, I feel, is back, and really everybody should be worried because. Not only and, and really, they're not even doing it on the offensive side. And this is the thing. We were talking about Kansas City earlier in the season where we were like, you know what? You know, not only does 
Patrick Mahomes have the most interceptions in the league, but their defense can't stop a nosebleed. And that was the scary thing when it comes to Kansas City is, you know, maybe they're not going to make it back. And then they turn it around like they are. I mean, I think they're averaging 10 points a game, 10 points allowed per game the last six or seven games. That's scary for a team that has offensive power as the Kansas City Chiefs do, and they're not even playing at their full potential. So you mesh those two together. It's kind of like their Super Bowl run. You know, their defense wasn't great. They get into the playoffs, and then their defense steps up. And this is uh, it's starting to starting to get scary for the rest of the NFL. If you if you ask me, basically, with Kansas City. Yeah, well, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, there was no surprise there really for me. I think they, you know, it was obviously uh, a known fact that they're they're a good team. Um, they've been a good team for a long time. They switched out their entire offensive line, hence the struggles they had early on with. Uh, with running the football and Patrick Mahomes, because you could be as good as a quarterback as you want. Um, when you make some of the decisions that I've seen some of these quarterbacks make this year, it becomes alarming. And I can explain to you why. You start seeing quarterbacks like, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing these side armors. And, you know, the other day I'm watching Justin Fields throw the ball while he's leaping in the air. And, you know, watching all these quarterbacks, and I don't mean to put these two in the same boat. They're really obviously not even close. Um, but you watch these quarterbacks try to, you know, do these abnormal throws, and it puts you off for a minute, and it t- causes it to be inaccurate. You know, when we when I see Patrick Mahomes, you know, throwing across his body, sidearm, and makes a completion last year, it was like, oh, my God, this guy is incredible. Look what he can do. And then you watch him do it again this year, and it's inaccurate, and it becomes an interception. And then there's problems for the defense because they're put in uncomfortable positions. Because say what you want about the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs in the beginning of the year, but Patrick Mahomes was throwing a hell of a lot of picks. Oh, yeah, he was horrible. And these were terrible decisions. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Patrick Mahomes. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And the kid's in, like, year three. Yeah. And he has shown me this year that, obviously, um, you can be great, but the decision-making is everything. And, you know, unfortunately for him, his decisions have been, you know, subpar. Hence the reason why they're, you know, close to 500 team right now, as opposed to be a dominant, uh, as opposed to having a dominant record. So for the Kansas City Chiefs, I just feel like they found it back. Um, they're starting to run the football a lot better than they have all year long. Um, Edward Tolaire was non-existent in the beginning of this year. Obviously, he went down with an injury and... They continuously didn't run the football, but they weren't running the football with him in the beginning of the year to begin with. So I don't really put that on the running backs of the Kansas City Chiefs. I actually put that more on the offensive line. Um, I think they found a way to start finding holes for their running game. And I'll tell you, you know, third down and fours are a lot easier to convert than third down and nines. And even for the almighty Patrick Mahomes, you know, your offense has to have a good flow. But part of having a good flow is being able to just get good chunks of yards and be able to get easy first downs you don't want to be stuck in third down and tens and then have a defensive end have a field day because yeah. then he knows what's happening here folks I mean he knows you're going to run the football at third down and ten so he can unleash on your quarterback doesn't have to worry about running lanes you know it's a whole concept that people don't understand when it comes to offense that what needs to be done everyone talks about oh I'll just pass all day this is a passing league you know it's uh it's great it's fun um but the truth is is that uh 
you know, you got to be able to run the football well in this league, especially when the uh, temperatures and, you know, start to get lower and, you know, the, the bad weather comes in. Running the football is the safest way without turning the ball over. I mean, I've always a, been a fan of that. We had a that team that actually ran the ball all but like three times and still win a game. Of course. So that's a big difference. You know, just like you said, you know, running the ball is huge. I, I mean, I mean, I'm a Jet fan and the best years I ever saw for the New York Jets was the years that we were running the football and, and we were good playing defense. good defense. Yep. We, I mean, we never had a great passing game. We never they had, had a dominant Sanchez. passing game. The most dominant passing game I ever saw in the NFL didn't even win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And every Giant fan could sit there and, you know, agree with that one. You have to be able to run the football or defensive ends or defensive line in general is going to have a field day with your quarterback because they know what you're doing. Yeah, you just pin your ear back, ears back. So that's what it comes down to. You know, when a defense knows what you're doing, you know, you can have the most uh, unique type of offense, you know, passing offense. But when a defense knows and you, you have superior defensive ends or defensive tackles or even linebackers – rushing, you know, the offensive line, the superior defensive player is going to get there more times than, you know, not. Um, so that's when it comes down to, you know, it's if they know that you're going to pass it every single down, it makes it so much easier to stop. Um, and, you know, the team that you were talking about, obviously, was the undefeated uh New England Patriots that lost in the Super Bowl in 2007 to the um, New York Giants. Which that was the I best don't. passing game I've ever watched. I, it was unbelievable. Ever. It was unbelievable. It and was actually, incredible. Have you been watching uh, Man in the Arena? I haven't yet. I think it's, it's going to be one of those shows that I'm going to fly through. Yeah. I mean, I have ESPN Plus. Yeah. I can get it. It's, I obviously just want to watch it in one clean It's slip. incredible. Really. I bet. I, I, I mean, can imagine you know, and some career from him. Yeah. Um, but speaking of... Tom Brady, I guess we, you know, because he's still in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk about him now. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, we were talking about Kansas City finding their stride uh, right at the perfect time, and it kind of seems like Tampa Bay is doing the same. Uh, we were, you know, that was the thing. We were questioning Kansas City, and we were questioning Tampa Bay earlier in the season, where we were like, maybe these two teams don't make it back. You know, as as good as these two teams are, they're just not playing to their potential and. Maybe they're broken. Who knows? That's not the fact anymore. These two teams are finding their stride at the perfect time. And again, it should be scary for the rest of the league because when Tom Brady has the time that he has in the pocket and his offensive line is tops in the league, in the top three, really, that's scary. And, you know... Could we, you know what? I'll ask the question. Are we going to see Tampa Bay and Kansas City again in the Super Bowl? Uh, there's a potential for that, and it would be a good one. I think every oh, yeah, NFL fan would yeah. be realistic to say that that's a great uh, matchup to have. But, you know, for for me, I, I personally think that uh, Kansas City is a great team, and they have a really good, solid team. But I don't mean to go backtracking here, but, I mean, I'm more along the lines. I'm, I'm on the Colts this year yeah, to actually go there. Uh, they really do have a complete team, and we're talking a good running game. And like I just talked about, I mean, you know, you say what you want about Tom Brady and how great Tampa Bay is, but watch Tom Brady when he's playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It ain't like it was in New England. No, no, no. And I'll be honest, I, if Tom Brady would only knew that New England was going to develop a running game like they have this year, he probably would have stayed. But the running game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been superb 
all year. Leonard Fournette has been great. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Ask any fantasy football owner of Leonard Fournette. He's been great all year. Catching the ball out of the backfield, running with the football very well. You know, having someone like Ronald Jones to spell that. And then obviously Giovanni Bernard, who actually just, just got, got injured. Hurt, yeah. But he was uh, he was another factor in there. When you have a good running game, like that, the passing game becomes so easy. And because, like you say what you want, I'm a great offensive line from Tampa Bay, but you could still get to this. The best players in the world can get to Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. But at the same point, if you're running the football the way you are, it becomes next to impossible. And if you have a great offensive line, yeah, it is impossible, especially when you're running the football that well. And for Tampa, they've run the ball extremely well all year, and it's led to their success. I mean, you talk about we could probably go back and look at the games that Tampa's lost. It's been games that they've tried to throw the ball way too much. Mm-hmm. Say what you want. Tom Brady's been great. He has, and they have thrown the ball a lot, and there's no doubt. But at the same time, you could see how at times he's thrown his share of interceptions. And like I've talked about. Not many. but Not many, yeah. but he's shown a, a time. There, I yeah. mean, the game against Washington, it, it just nonstop. You know what I mean? It was just nonstop interceptions and a big reason why they lost. Now, they can't afford a game like that. Um, they're going to have to be really supportive of their running game. I don't care if they're playing in Tampa Bay, Florida, or if they're going to be playing in Buffalo, New York. I, you, you know, right now, uh, the path goes through Tampa at this rate. But, I mean, there's a possibility to go to Green Bay. And then what? Are we going to throw the ball 30 times? And then we're going to try and go match and match with Aaron Rodgers? What if that wins up there? You know, there's a lot of predicaments that come into play. You have to make sure your running game in this in this league is effective. And if it's not, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, I think for Tampa right now, I think they're playing all right. They're playing great. Their front line has been great. And obviously, I talk about running the football well. Nobody is running the football well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. There's no doubt that that is a known fact that nobody is running the ball well on this team. And if you can't run the football well on a team, they're going to be really, really good. And they're going to find a way to beat you because then it becomes easier to play defense for yeah. them. Yeah, and you stop the you stop the run. You you, you really are making defense a hundred times easier for your entire but, unit. You know, when it comes to Tampa Bay, they're just they're getting healthy at the right time. Uh, you know, their whole secondary is that's coming the, back. That's what they that's, have to make sure. Yeah, that, they have to that's make sure the biggest that. thing because you know their their front seven basically has been there all year long. You know, you had Levante David, you had. Um, uh, Devin White, you, you know, you've had guys like that, Ndamukong Sue. Uh, so they haven't had an issue with their front seven. Their they're back, uh, their defensive backs, that's been the issue when it comes to, you know, healthy, being healthy. Um, and, you know, that's that's the key to Tampa Bay, really. Uh, I mean, their offensive side, you know, you hope that Gronk stays help, healthy. You know, he's been uh, banged up all year long. But when he's healthy, you see the difference. When Tom Brady has a healthy Gronk in the lineup, and and it's it's insane, really. Uh, but we go from one team that you know, well, actually, two teams that are in at the top of the league, and now we start talking about some of the bottom teams, uh, just because you know we are in the New York, you know, yeah. side of things. Here we, and here here we, we go. go. Yay. We got it. Who do we got first? Let's Which talk let, first. Let, let's talk about the embarrassing Giants. I, I have no I have no right to call any other organization well, embarrassing, I, but well, actually, Jacksonville's still in the league, so uh, you know, you and the New York Jets. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about the Giants first. Uh, Giants, embarrassing game again. Um, but how, let's talk about what we saw that made it even more embarrassing. They try to fake punt. 
Yeah, no, I saw that. Um, obviously, the game was well in hand at that point, 27-7. to 7. I'm pretty sure everyone knew the Chargers were going to win that game. Um, for the New York Giants, they're in a lot of they're in a lot of pro- they have a lot of problems. Um, it's funny because you had Giants fans telling me Daniel Jones was the problem, and uh, no, no, not even close. No, he's not. Um, unfortunately, right now, but he we've is been saying most- that for how long now? Now, granted, like- but they, see, that's where the Giants got to do this right, as opposed to what the New York Jets have done over and over and over again. You know, drafting a quarterback at this point now, when you're not sure about Daniel Jones and what to expect, it's okay to draft a uh, quarterback in this league, especially in this draft in particular. I don't think there's really anyone with an extreme amount of height. You know, you can learn from someone like Daniel Jones and see what you got and then be able to have options at that point. Right now, I feel like for the New York Giants, it's Daniel Jones or bust. Well, they got one more year of him. Basically, yeah. that's on contract. But so this I is, think this you is have a to year, play that out. This, yeah, but this is a year that you need to have a quarterback just in case things don't go oh, yeah, as definitely. north as you want them yeah. to. You know, you don't want them to, you want them to be really, really high up. But, you know, if they end up not being great, uh, there's a lot of question marks for the New York Giants, and you don't want to force yourself to take a quarterback at a certain point of the draft. So, you know, for the New York Giants, I think it's more than one problem right here. Uh I think the pass rush needs to be better. Um, they need everything. I, I mean, yeah, I'm saying serious. I'm there because there is yeah. more, and there's a lot <laughs> more. But, line. but the most imperative things I would say is the offensive line and defensive line. They need to be revamped. Um, you got two picks, potentially top tens. Uh, I think you need to answer both those questions. Um, I think it's an offensive lineman, defensive lineman. That's just my personal opinion. I think that secondary with the New York Giants is very good. They're anything but embarrassing. They played great all year long. That giant defense is no slouch. It really isn't. Um, they've been great for the most part all year. The pass rush has just been awful. So it really just credits the secondary that much more uh, just based on the fact that they haven't gotten any kind of a rush all season long. Um, but for the New York Giants, there's a lot of problems. I mean, the fake punt, you know, that's just uh, at that point, Joe Judge is trying to, you know, take his, you know, put his hand in the magical hat and try to pull out uh, a miracle at that point. But the game was well in hand at that, you know, at that stage, um, I don't really put this on Joe Judge at this point. Um, the last two games, I wouldn't. Uh, the first, you know, uh, you know, the first like ten before that, I did. But obviously, the two, the last two in particular, I don't put on Joe Judge at all. But right now, he's got to see that he's in the hot seat. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, here we are in year two. Nothing has changed. The team is still beat down. Uh, Saquon Barkley can't find a groove. Um, that's really on you. You know, you need to have a good blocking scheme at that point. I put the same thing. I, I say the same thing about Robert Sell. I mean, we'll talk about both New York yeah. teams. Might as well make this the New York time. Yeah. Because we might, I don't think the New York Giants and Jets both deserve their own section right now. I mean, yeah. and it's it's not to be mean or anything. It's just the concept of how We could bad call it the New Jersey section. For, the, whatever you would like to call <laughs> no, it. That's fine no, with me. I, I mean, to be honest with you, so I think it'll be a failure for the Giants if they keep Joe Judge. Only because, like we said, Gettleman's not going to be there next year. Yeah, you might as well fire the entire... You have to. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is not something... Because it's not going to get better next year. So you're only going to fire Joe Judge next year. Yes. Um, You know, and that's that's the issue, you know, when it comes down to it. Uh, Because this is now... You're going to bring a GM that did not bring Joe Judge in. And... That's where the friction comes because that's what happened with the Jets. We saw that easily. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is that 
these guys share the same building. I almost cursed there. Uh, we they share the same building. So you would think that you would learn from the mistakes of the team that is in the same building. Okay, you know we had the whole, the whole same thing with Joe uh, with Joe Douglas and Adam Gase and you know it's just it's not something that you want to deal with. Well, some can argue cut your ties with Joe Judge. Yeah, but some some can argue that even the building like it's not good. It's not good either. No. So it's, it's not just the team's playing. Well, I mean, it. compared to the, you know, the building is, sucks too. I mean, it's, it's just, a side note, and I, I'm actually going there Sunday. But are you actually going to go there? Yeah, I am. Wow. Uh, un- why? Unfortunately. Why? Unfortunately. Uh, well, I gotta I gotta see the boys. Sorry, I had to ask why <laughs> multiple times on the basis that I'm just mystified as to why you would go there. Well, yeah. Well, the Cowboys are in town, so oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a. But team I mean, there to like watch. when I went to when I went to AT and T Stadium. Now I've only been to. The old Meadowlands and MetLife before ever going to AT and T. So really, all I knew was MetLife, and it's really nothing fabulous. Um, you know, you would think that a, a new stadium in the recent what ten years uh, would be decent. And then when no, you look crappy. at when you look at the price that they paid to build this stadium compared to the prices of other stadiums. And I go to AT&T. Now, MetLife is more money. They spent more money building that stadium than Jerry Jones did on AT&T. And I went to AT&T and I was like... Isn't there like a Six Flags over there too and everything? Right, right yeah. It's all in the same strip. Um, and it, all in the same strip. So it's, it's Six Flags. Now, this is a side note. Six Flags... Uh, then it's the Texas Rangers uh, stadium. Actually, both their stadiums, Arlington and the other stadium, are back-to-back, really. Mm-hmm. Then they have this big hotel-slash-restaurant-slash-mall type thing right in dead smack in the middle of the two baseball stadiums and AT&T Stadium. So it's all in one strip, Six Flags, Texas Rangers, the mall, and AT&T. And I mean, first of all, the stadium is gigantic and you get closer to the stadium and it feels like it gets bigger. And then you, you, so you have your ticket and you have to go to the gate. Obviously, you know, you go to the gate that it says on your, your ticket, but in other stadiums, you can go to any gate and walk in and then just walk around. You can't do that at and You have to actually go to their gate that you're going to be sitting at. And that's where you, you know, basically get your tickets uh, scanned. So you walk in and now when you go through the ticket, you're still outside of the stadium, but technically you're inside the stadium. So you're, you already handed in your ticket, but you're still outside. So they have a stage. They had a whole big like tailgate type thing. Um, you know, they had people singing. They had, you know, all these pop-up shops. They had bars, all this stuff outside of the stadium. Then you walk in the stadium and we did before we uh, the day before we went to the game, we went and did a uh, stadium um, tour, and I mean the place is just unbelievable, unbelievable. We got to go on the field, um, and I, I like I just thought to myself, I was like, why would I ever want to go to MetLife? Why? 
And I and like I just had uh, you know friends actually go that are Giants fans. They actually went to uh, AT and T, and they they said the same thing. It's it's unbelievable there. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's really a whole even, different. It's not even a good comparison. Uh, no, and, you know it's it's funny because they spent more money, and obviously it's because they wanted. They're in more, the top four, and they wanted in more seats, spent. and they wanted yeah. It's because they wanted to make. But meanwhile, AT and T has more seating than MetLife does. Really? Yes. AT and T. Well, technically, I know. Yeah, with it's like kind of. It's kind of like a. It, yeah. It's not. A, it's below sea level. I've heard all. They have it. over a hundred thousand yeah. seats. Yeah. So, or they have ninety thousand seats or the something point, like the, that. But with the point is, room, is that this this. You know, both teams playing in this building as well as the building are both garbage. And not to uh, mention, there's no roof on it. Yeah, and and then you're talking about you know. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of that. I actually don't like. Uh, Taking away the weather increment. No, the I, I'm fine with that. But I a retractable part, roof. Yeah, you know, would have been smart. But Super Bowl. Yeah. That's that's that stuff. The thing that like that's the stuff that you got to think about because the same thing with well, the Mets the and the Yankees. That's too. not money going into either one of our pockets. So no, I, don't I know. Even, that's yeah, not no, even, I, I mean that's just a dumb move on someone else's part. And, yeah. and obviously we look from now and in hindsight and everything, and we continue to laugh at it. But I mean, obviously it's not my money loss, so yeah. I, I could care less. So, but I well, know what you mean. I obviously both teams in this building right now need to play better. Uh, obviously, Zach Wilson going out is ranked as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, 32, to be honest, folks, um, in the ranking that we're going to be talking about later on. <laughs> um, you know, Mike Glennon obviously not far behind. Daniel Jones not far behind that. It's uh, It's been a disaster in New York. I think uh, all fans in New York can agree that uh, we're just really interested at what time the draft starts as opposed to uh, actually when it is. Like, I, I don't need to know. Just give me the well, time. Well, as of right now. Because that's the only care. As of right now, the Giants are, well, the Jets are four. Giants are five and six. Jets are seven. And then the other team that has two picks uh, is the Eagles, 10 and 11. So at at one point, they were all together. It was like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, but again, there's a lot yeah. more of the season to go. I mean, obviously, Seattle's got the Rams this week. Let's go. Need the Rams to pull off a win there uh, for the Jets standpoint. But obviously, uh, as we continue to progress in New York with football, and obviously football is such a demanding sport. Like, I want to be good all the time. I don't ever want to have years like this. And unfortunately, I'm having a couple in a row. And it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, patience well, is... Uh, I, have a, I have a question for you. So I, I heard this actually listening to the radio. And again, this is another side note, but um, would you rather, and this is kind of on the standpoint of the Giants, uh, would you rather win a Super Bowl and be bad for the next 10 years or so, or be good for 10 years and not win a Super Bowl? Uh, I, I would, I would, I'd rather the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I, that, I think I've feel the same way but yeah, I, I mean I just want to win it all if, one time and then that, that's yeah. it at that point I wouldn't really uh, but when know, it comes to, to the, it. when it comes to the Giants alright so they won two Super Bowls in so far in our lifetime um, but every other year other than their Super Bowl years they've been pretty bad yeah, like no, I mean like no doubt about it recently of like the last 10 years they've been really really bad well it's and been it's been st- it's been fortunate for jet fans because they they would obviously be lighting yeah. us up with jokes uh left well the right. jets the jets haven't really not won much. a super bowl and no they've been bad not. for that long yeah so it's no like, absolutely i i understand but the jokes uh obviously can't be that effective when yeah. you're playing the way you are as well so the new york giants have their own issues as much as the new york jets and i think both need to figure it out it starts the quarterback for both teams and right now uh the quarterback play for both teams has been 
questionable all season long, but based on the rest of the team. I mean, you need a good old line here. You know, these other teams have been more uh, inclined to, you know, just develop their teams and get better year in and year out. Watching the Colts, for example, and then even watching Tampa Bay, a lot of these guys they have now are very new. They're new, good draft picks that uh, Tampa Bay has been able to make. You know, uh, the Jets just got to follow suit. They got to find the right uh, draft picks at this point. And right now, it seems like some of the people they've drafted uh, just aren't playing as well. Yeah. Now, so um, another question for you, and I'll, I'll give my answer as well. And again, this uh, it actually it comes up as perfect timing, especially with Urban Meyer being fired. Um, but this also goes in tune with the uh, with the Giants and Jets, really. So now. Everybody talks about Joe Judge and how he, you know, is trying to replicate Bill Belichick and it's kind of, you know, basically he's he's landing face first uh, when it comes down to that. But what kind of head coach do you want? Is it an irate coach where as all they do is, you know, up and down the sidelines, screaming and yelling, you know, ripping their team in press conferences, this and that, whatever it is. Or would you rather a very positive coach like Joe Judge has been? Um, when no matter how bad they've looked, he always tries to put some kind of positive twist on it, but just sounds so bad when he's doing it. Because, you know, lately it's just been like, well, well, I've been seeing some positives in this. Uh, you know, I think we're on, a, on on the right path. But meanwhile, you gave up 38 points and only scored seven. You know, it's something like that. Would you rather that positive coach or would you rather that irate, crazy coach or kind of in the middle? Uh, I think a balance is definitely yeah, needed in that kind of standpoint. I think uh, – but for the most part, I don't ever want to see my coach lashing out. I'll be honest. It, it just shows – it's just a childish way to act. You know, you're angry and you can't control your anger and therefore you feel like you need to lash out. Um, that's a child that acts like that. I don't think a grown-ass man does it, and I don't even mean to throw that in there, but yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. And, you know, you're supposed to be a professional. Obviously, you are the head coach of a football team in the National Football League. Um, people know who you are, or people are going to find out who you are. And, you know, you need to set a good example. You cannot be acting irate and screaming and yelling, throwing uh Headsets, and I've and I'm not talking about one coach when I say this. I've seen plenty of coaches do it, and they're childish. All of them, they're yeah. very, very childish. Um, even you saw with Urban Meyer, um, you know, th- throwing his coaches, assistant coaches under the bus on certain standpoints of the game. Like, you know, it's just not it's not the way to act. And unfortunately, look where it got him. But um, when I see a coach acting like that, even in the very minimal amount. Um, I see it as a childish act. Um, you need to be able to be a professional at all times. Uh, and even if you are frustrated, and there are times as a head coach to be frustrated, I, I'm not arguing that at all. Um, but there's a way to act uh, on the camera and off the camera. I mean, you ask any, I mean, honestly, just go have a con- go have a topic of conversation with any politician you ever met. And they'll teach you how to be in front of camera. Yeah. I mean, it's very simple. Oh, yeah. You know, have yeah, a, the it's really not hard. You keep a professional state, and obviously, if you're angry, obviously the people you're angry at aren't talking to you while you're on, you know, in front of a microphone after the game, uh, like the news and, and the media outlets and all that. Um, there's no reason to be frustrated with them. They obviously haven't done anything. They have to ask those questions. Um, but if you're really showing frustration, obviously you're frustrated by what you saw on the field yeah. therefore your frustration stays in the locker room with the players and with the other coaches 
um, you don't you don't try to lash out with the media and say things. I've seen coaches do it before, and I'll be honest, out of all of them that I've ever seen, I mean, some of them you still see to this day. Yeah, you know the clips of them and stuff. Uh, you know they make me laugh. You know, they, and that's exactly what it does for a lot of people. A lot of people laughed at you while you were doing that. You know, um, you know that one gentleman saying, you know. They are who we thought they were. Oh yeah, Danny Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see how I don't know his yeah. name. <laughs> I mean, he was a, he was. A... You see how I don't know his name? No, no, <laughs> but like, go, let's let's no, like seriously well, point that's... to say. You see that my point here. Uh, yeah. What I'm trying to say is that obviously you acting like that. I laughed at that. Rest man. in peace, by the way. Yes, yeah. um, but I laughed at that when that was happening live. Yeah. You know, and it was. Well, like, that was great. I, I it mean, was, was great, but it was just it was him showing his emotion. With the media, and the media is going to have a field day. If you think I'm laughing at you, just know All that right. the media members are having a full field day with it. Well, this this is uh, perfect for you. Did you like Rex Ryan as a, as a head coach? I did, but I could see where you're going yeah. with that. And obviously, look where it got us. Well, I I mean, you did go to two AFC championship games. Yes, but that's because so, he was a good coach. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. It's but about it, actually like knowing like the X's and O's factor of the game. That he was a specialist at yeah. that. There's no doubt, and everyone knew it. And I'm surprised that he's not. I'm surprised he's still not a coach right, yeah. either. I mean, I'll be honest. I can't believe there's not a team out there that wouldn't mind him as a yeah. head coach, defensive coordinator, defensive specialist. I mean, definitely defensive. Specialist. Absolutely, he was I, I very mean, good at writing up blitzes. Ask any of the player, and the Jets did I think not he have. A, he was a linebackers coach. The Jets at first, did not right? have a lot of talent on that defensive side. The years they played no, well, they, didn't. they just played the game the right way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, but he was lashed, and he would, he would, you know. But like, even so, majority of the stuff you saw about Rex Ryan and him lashing out is because they did hard knocks. Yeah. If they would have never done hard knocks. No one. He kept a very professional state. Yeah, I mean, in you front saw of the media him, all the time. You saw him on the sideline. You know, loses. Yes, you know. and that's that's where it got. That's where I would have an issue. It's like, dude, you need so, to be able to control yourself in this. Obviously, you're frustrated. And I understand that. Yeah. You know, that's why these coaches put, like, a little uh, thing over their face when they yeah. are talking. Everyone talking about, oh, no, they're calling out plays. Yeah, they're calling out plays. But I'm telling you right now, they need they're to scream at someone. <laughs> I promise you it'll be going beyond one of those. So, so to me, in terms of, uh, you know, a head coach, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, I, I want a balanced, you know, I, I want to see him pissed off when he should be pissed off. And I want to see, you know, I, I don't want to see him in a press conference ripping a player or ripping a coach. Uh, you know, there's there's subtle jabs that you can take without it really being a big thing. Now, mind you, like we said, the media always tries to spin anything that happens in the worst way. It's, it's never in the good way. If you ever understand that, I mean, we should really, especially what's going on in the world now, we should see how the media works. You know, this is the perfect time to see how the media works. It everything's going to be spun into the worst way. So when you see players or, or coaches say something, they're always going to try to spin it. So I, I like the coaches that I've, I've can, seen coaches argue with a quarterback on the sideline. Well, and yeah. It becomes the only story. Yeah. After the game, that's why you well, cannot act like that on the sideline in front of these cameras. Again, it's understandable to be frustrated, but it has to go within the locker room. You want to show your quarterback frustration? Halftime is going to happen. Yeah, Perfect time. Uh, perf- or the end of the game, like, regardless. Perfect example is that um, in that Man in the Arena, the the Tom Brady documentary, if you haven't seen it, go, go watch it so far. I think they're through four or five episodes. Um, in the last episode... Uh, they have Bill O'Brien. So each episode, they have different guys that played a role in the year that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they have them where they're 
interviewing basic uh, mm-hmm. interviewing them basically. So this episode was Giselle, uh, Bill O'Brien, and I forget who else, but Bill O'Brien played a big part. So they mentioned a time where uh, it was one of the games. I forget what it was. I don't know if it was a playoff game or it was just a regular season game. They called a play. Brady was expecting the wide receiver to, um, you know, basically make some kind of move uh, to get him the ball. Brady ends up throwing the pick. And then on the sideline, Brady goes to that wide receiver and goes, dude, you have to keep running. Bill O'Brien comes over and goes, why don't you shut the F up, you know, to Tom Brady. Now that's uh, ballsy is, is not even the word, you know, for uh, a coach like that to say that to Tom Brady already, who's already, you know, I guess eight years, this was 2011. So he's probably about eight or nine years in so far. Um, so that's, you know, it was crazy for him to do that. But then they go into a, uh, you know, a shouting match on the sideline. And I remember the time because I remember it being all over the news, as you were saying. Um, but when you hear the context of it between the two of them and the fact that all they said was like, they were like, they were, they would fight like brothers, you know, and you know how you fight with your brother. Like, it's just, that's how it is. And then the next minute they're all good. But again, like I said, the media takes that a different way. So, you know, when it comes down to a coach, I, I, I like to see him keep it in. But also, you know, there's times where I, I want to see him pissed off. Bill, Bron- Bill O'Brien had times like that as well where he would uh, be irate on the sideline and he would voice it and then obviously get into arguments. I'm pretty sure he had arguments like that with DeAndre Hopkins at times. Um, it's, it's just it's not a good look. Uh, obviously, you know, these are just people that can't control their emotions. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, controlling your emotions is not a difficult task um, at times, obviously. Uh, you know, when you're frustrated, you're frustrated. But, you know, you have to find a way to be able to control yourself and not be able to act in a certain demeanor that some of these coaches do because then you become the topic of conversation post game. And the topic of conversation should be the result of the game and it should be with you winning. And yeah. if it's not with you winning, on top of that, there's issues. And then all of a sudden they're talking about it all week long. You're getting nothing but X questions about it. How's everything going in practice? And they're just unnecessary questions to be asking and an unnecessary focus to have. Your focus should be at the task at hand, which is to win the next game, not who's the coach going to yell at the next yeah. game. I mean, it's just unnecessary. It's childish and it's it's immature in the in the biggest way you could possibly imagine. Yeah. You, at this point in your life, you are a professional. You are a grown adult. It's it. There comes a time where there's a task at hand. Let's make it happen. I mean, just go ask Belichick. Yeah. Just go ask him. You're gonna tell me this guy's never been frustrated. He's absolutely been frustrated before. And it it never. But he knows where with, to show it. Yeah, with Belichick, it never uh, goes further on the sideline than him just throwing his hands up and maybe cursing. Uh. And, you know, through Man in the Arena, you actually hear, uh, you know, the players talk about how Belichick would go into the locker room and that's when he rips them, mm-hmm. where there's no media and there's no cameras. You know, so that's, you know, and that's what makes him so great, really. I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the things that makes him so great. But let's get back to, uh, you know, some other teams. One team that I want to talk about, the Buffalo Bills. What's wrong with them? Are, are like are they going to miss the playoffs this year? Because they're not playing like they did last year, and it's a it's 
I mean, it's a little scary if you're coming from a, a Buffalo Bills fan. You know, it, it's it it's really scary to be honest with you, especially now with Josh Allen potentially hurt. Well, what it comes down to with the Buffalo Bills is that um, obviously they dealt with a big injury to Jadavius White. He's one of the best cornerbacks in football. It's a big loss. Um, yeah, what did I call him? Legereus Wright or something like that? Yeah, like, one time. I don't even know. I, look, <laughs> yeah. I just kept moving on with the conversation <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> at that point. But no, honestly, I don't know where I got that from either. When it comes to the Bills and the struggles they have, it's similar to what I explained to you earlier with someone like Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen's been doing something similar. Now, Allen's decision-making has been incredible at times, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, Josh Allen has been a great player. But there are times where this man's decisions are questionable. Absolutely. And these have been uh these haven't been the best of defenses that he's been playing. Obviously, you know, you give credit to certain ones, but uh Josh Allen is having a very hard time getting the balls to his playmakers. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, he is spreading the ball out really well. But the most success comes from the teams that stick to the best players that they have. You know, we talk about Urban Meyer might potentially have been fired based on the fact that James Robinson didn't play enough. Yeah. And he's one of the best players that Jacksonville has to offer. Well, Stephon Diggs is one of the best players you have to offer. And I don't see, like, an, a growing to his game at all this year. It has been questionable, to say the least. Well, it's a huge difference from last year. It's a yeah, big no, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, guys like Dawson Knox are uh, emerging, and having someone like Emmanuel Sanders also helps. But, you know, Sanders was out last week. Uh, Diggs had a decent role. Uh, nothing to what I was expecting. Um, but for, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, the decision-making, just like I talked about with Patrick Mahomes, and now I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, it took me some time, but he played great last year, and I was a big fan of Allen. He played amazing last year, just like the way Mahomes had been two years, yeah. three years prior. Just an incredible outing. A lot of touchdowns, I mean, no interceptions, a, yeah. good decisions, good choices to run the football, when not to run with the football, slide, get out of bounds, make sure not get hurt, all this kind of stuff, prevent sacks, all this stuff. But now I see Josh Allen throwing these throws, and they're just they're tough throws to make. Well, I, and they've led to interceptions at times. And these are bad decisions that you don't realize that you need to win the turnover battle above everything else. You go look at the numbers all time in the NFL when it comes to turnovers as opposed to winning a football game, the turnover battle. Oh, yeah. I mean, it will go hand-in-hand hand for the forever, Yeah, no matter how long this game gets played for. And for the Buffalo Bills... You have to win that in yeah. order to win games like that. You got a defense that's been playing subpar at this point. They they were expected to be dominant. Obviously, losing White was a big problem. Uh, but then you look on the other side of the football, and you're watching this team. I'm going to tell you right now, their running game is absolutely non-existent. I am so sorry. I'm hitting wires and stuff <laughs> just to show the frustration yeah. as to how much they aren't running the football. No, I've been talking this entire show about how important it is run to run yeah. the football as opposed to success in the NFL. I think that's one thing that they need to Well, that's a big problem that Josh Allen's dealing with. Josh Allen is dealing with pass rushes that these teams know you're throwing the football yeah. because your running game is getting you one or two yards every single down. Ask the New York Jets. They're in the same predicament. You have to be able to run the football to have success offensively in this league. Well, I don't care who you are. You could be the almighty Tom Brady. Tom Brady will be the first one to tell you how important it is to run the football. Right now, Josh Allen, no running game. I'm not putting all the blame on him. There's no reason no, to. He's been not, great. It, he has been great. His decisions are great. He has been a superb player for them. And honestly, a steal where they got him in the draft that well, year. Well, yeah, it's it's not really – it's nothing against him. Like No, you yeah, just got to be able been, to run the football better. He's had an, an off season, But, I mean, a lot of that – 
you know, basically, yeah, I don't know, how could we say it? A lot of this, you know, flack that we're putting on him has a lot to do with how perfect of a season he had last year. You know, we're looking at how perfect of a season he had last year, and we're like, all right, this is what we're expecting for the rest of his career. And that's that's hard to that's a hard ask for someone like well, him. Well, the truth is, is that they couldn't run the football last year either. And he exactly. just did some incredible things to get that exactly. team where they needed to be. Obviously, but again, he's, he's not, perfect. But he's, he's not perfect. Superman. No, he is not. not Superman. There's he's no not. Superman in the NFL. There really isn't. You need to Unless be able to run the football. Yeah, exactly. But even he'll <laughs> tell you, you no, need yeah. to run the ball. Of course. I mean, Strahan had a, a field day with this guy a couple of years ago. Because he knew your, uh, they Justin knew <laughs> they knew they were going to run the football. Yeah. And when you know what team's going to run... I mean, when you know a team's going to pass the football all game long, there's no, there's yeah. that doesn't work here. No. Yeah, maybe you'll get the big play here and there, but odds are you're going to throw an interception before someone's going to sack fumble you before that big play happens. So it's really you really do need to be careful when throwing the football in the NFL. Every single one of these teams in the NFL right now will tell you the same thing. Every head coach will tell you the same thing. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll ask you real quick: the Bills going to make the playoffs? Yes, but they're not going to be a threat. I don't think so either. Um, all right, so let's get into some power rankings. We got two power rankings that we're going to do. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did the QB rankings that we saw on NFL.com. Yeah, Guess that was what? fun. Guess what? They're back. Yeah, they're back. All right, now we're talking. Now, when it comes Where's to Fields, too, <laughs> context with this NFL.com QB rank- ranking, it's all the starting quarterbacks from last week. And then we'll talk about them. So you're not going to see Daniel Jones in this. You're not going to see God, right? Yeah. So and then after that, we're going to give Zach Wilson. (laughs) After that, we're going to give our team uh, power rankings thus far, uh, and then we'll call it a show. We'll get into our quarterback ranking right now. Here we go. Thirty-two. We mentioned it before. That is Zach Wilson of the New York Jets. Do we have to talk any more of that? No. I I'll, I'll say right now the the scary thing. Um, about about Zach Wilson. First of all, as Jet as you know the Jets organization, you're not going to move away from a rookie quarterback. Uh, one season in that you took uh, number two, so you just hope that he learns from his mistakes this year, comes in next year, starts to progress, and then easily every year he progresses. the The issue with that is the Jets have they just don't have a good. Um, track record with uh with quarterbacks um and the scary thing about zach wilson is he's missing the easy passes and that's that's the one thing that scares me when i'm watching him is that i mean the guy could be four yards away and he's winging it or he's throwing it into the ground and that's a little um i guess scary when when you're so you're hoping that uh you know his head gets right uh and that moves down to the rest of, you know, his body and he starts to show what he showed at BYU. Yeah, no, they, I think it's a lot that goes into it. I think he needs to get more of a familiarity with the uh, playbook and what exactly the coach is looking for out of every play call that's made throughout the game. I feel like there are times where he's doing too much thinking in the pocket and uh, you just, before you even snap that ball, that there's an idea of what you're trying to do on that play. Yeah. And I feel like at times he's not sure where he's going to go before that ball is snapped. And that's a big issue for the New York Jets. They need to figure that out with him uh, big time, to be honest. Uh, 
And unfortunately, right now, it's not working out. Six touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's not acceptable. Uh, guy's got two more rushing touchdowns. I can only imagine how many fumbles. It's been a disaster for the New York Jets. And obviously, we go right back to 31. It's Mike Glenn, and they're going to go with the New York Giants. And their quarterback yeah. ranked at 31 right now. Uh, obviously, no Daniel Jones. Uh, Mike Glennon, take for what it's worth. Uh, obviously, coming in at a rough time, trying to fill in for a team with a, a subpar offensive line, a head coach that I'm not sure if he knows what he's doing with the whole idea of Freddie Kitchens. Um, but, uh, I'm, you know, obviously Mike Glennon isn't the quarterback for the future for the New York Giants. And nah. therefore the fact that I, I'm still even talking about this without him scrolling up is just <laughs> incredible at this rate. Uh, we go to Davis Mills, Houston Texans, obviously not the starter again. Um, the only starter we're talking about so far has been Zach Wilson. Pathetic. Uh, well, there is Tyra Taylor hurt or they just started him. I think, obviously, I think he was hurt. They did have him come back saying doctors cleared him and everything, but obviously he must still be feeling something, and it might yeah. be a mixture of that uh, as opposed to why David Mills is a star. I mean, David Mills had a great game last week. Um, I mean, yeah, I see them four-point dogs against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars who were going with a court, uh, a um, a coach change midweek. So I don't, see, uh, I don't see how Houston loses this game. I mean, this is almost one of those where, like, um, I'm – I don't see Houston losing this football game to the Jacksonville Jets. Jaguars have a decent defense. Houston's defense is showing up at times, too. Um, I, I'm still confused by this spread over the weekend, especially with the whole idea that, uh, you know, uh, the yeah, whole well, idea that, you know, Jacksonville lost their coach. Why would the Houston Texans be dogs? To, I don't care if they're in uh, Jacksonville. I mean, to be honest with you, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, him and probably Justin Fields have shown more than you would see from Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Hey, it's going to be a competition uh, between Mills and Lawrence to see yeah. who who made the right yeah. pick there, which is like a little scary. And uh, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, Trevor Lawrence, twenty nine, uh, has not played great this year at all. Um, obviously, I put that a lot of credit to uh, Urban Meyer's play calling and taking out their best players when uh, the time is needed for them. Uh, I don't put this on Trevor Lawrence at all. I think this ranking is just him learning. I think him and Zach Wilson are in the same boat. A lot of learning. Uh, a lot of thought process going into a lot of the plays. And, again, the read, best quarterbacks in this league know what they're going to do before the snap. Read that first sentence. Yeah, no, no. It's literally two touchdowns. Two touchdowns in seven games since the yeah. Jaguars week seven pie. That, that's a little scary. Yeah, well, that's all, I think I put all that on Urban Meyer. I just feel like this team didn't put themselves in a good situation. I mean, if you can't run the football effectively, I don't know what to tell you. You're putting your best running back on the bench in games where he's needed. Yeah. And you need to be able to run the ball better. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, sitting at twenty eight, <laughs> you know, I would even, I would not be opposed to putting him at thirty two and putting Zach Wilson up one and just everybody up one because Cam Newton has been that bad. Other than his rushing touchdowns, he has been that bad. And he's been benched for PJ Walker half the season. But, so, and, but this is what I'm saying: like PJ Walker, you have him start one game and the guy wins the game and played well. And then you you know you sign Cam Newton and PJ Walker goes out the window. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. it. Cam Newton has not been that good, yeah. and I, I mean he's been downright horrible, really, uh, especially throwing the ball, rushing the ball. Cam Newton's Cam Newton, but I just I I don't I don't understand the infatuation of Cam Newton. I knew that they they wanted oh you know uh, Carolina Cam Newton back with them blah blah blah. It just it doesn't work. Stop it. Cam Newton should probably retire. Yes. Taysom Hill, number 27. Uh, his middle finger, you can see, is uh, hindering him, him throwing the ball. 
him rushing the ball is better than Cam Newton. Um, but, you know, he threw okay in the second half of that Jets game. But uh, if the Jets were any kind of a good team, they probably could Yeah, I can't believe we were talking sh- about these guys beat. for an extensive amount of time. <laughs> I, I, we should be at 15 I had already. To, yeah, well, I had to give some kind of context well, to Taysom it. Hill, I'll so, be so quick with it. Real quick, Taysom Hill can run with the football. He's not a quarterback. He can run with the football. Yeah, he can't throw. Yeah. He can't throw. It's the same thing as this guy we're coming up to next. Well, I like I like Justin. But he can run the football. I like yeah, – he absolutely can. And I think it's only he's only going to get better at throwing the ball because I've watched him in high school and I watched him in college. Uh, the guy can throw the ball. He's got an arm. Uh, I just don't think that – the. The Bears have enough on the offensive side other than Allen Robinson. I'll tell you right now, there's no excuse. They've been running the football all year. Uh, obviously, Justin Fields is in a situation. I'll tell you right now, if you give Zach Wilson, instead of getting one or two yards every every single down, you're getting this guy seven or eight like David Montgomery's been doing for yeah. him, I'd be a lot more successful than ten fumbles and ten interceptions. Can we yeah. please move on? Jared Goff, just switch. Just move up. <laughs> Score right past Jared Goff. 25, okay. Jared Goff. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 24. And when the last time we did the quarter, uh, quarterback ranking, he was in the top 15, I think. Um, I mean, he's not having a bad year. Uh, I think Washington might have found their quarterback. You're not going to go to Fitzpatrick after this. Uh, he's younger. Yeah. He's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 19 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, 13 games. Um, when they finally played a good team. He's also got a really good head coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on. 23, Ben Roethlisberger probably should have been 32. You should have just kept uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> just keep that. Just keep moving. Unfortunately, last season for him, I want to pay some respect. Last yeah. season for him, obviously his last season He should for probably him, uh, call it a season now. Yeah, like, no, it, I think just, it's it's, it's it's basically over for him. He's been, he was great for years, uh, an incredible talent, impossible to bring down, but obviously uh, – you know, he can't rotate anymore. He's well, afraid the, to get hurt every time. And I don't blame him, man. It's one life to live here. He's already dealt with enough injuries. The, I, it's time to call it quits. The beating that he's taken his whole career is starting to come up on him. And, and he's older. Well, everybody he, he else in his draft class is gone. I yeah, mean, I don't understand exactly. why he wouldn't just join. Exactly. Know, Tom Brady, I don't understand the concept of him still playing. But if I was playing in Tampa Bay, Florida, every week, I, yeah, yeah, I'd be fine with that, yeah. too. Uh, Baker Mayfield, number 22. Uh, I don't know what to, you know, to say about Baker. I really don't. The guy's got one of the best, if not the best, rushing offense in the league uh, between the, the two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt and uh, Chubbs. But, I mean, and then you have a wide receiver like Jarvis Landry. He had Odell Beckham. Uh, I, don't, I don't know really what to say about, uh, say about Baker Mayfield anymore. I, I mean, they should be better than they are. Absolutely, Especially with, the, with, with the draft capital they used on him. Yeah. Move up. 21. <laughs> I, honestly, I like him here. I, I So do I. I, I like. I don't him. see it's, him ever was, going above yeah, yeah, here, but yeah. he'll, be, he'll be here. That's cool. Yeah. I don't uh, even know if Tua should be ahead of him. I think they're both like in a very similar standpoint. I think both of these players were expected to I be. I feel like they're the same. Wide, well, they're uh, supposed to be where Kyler Murray is right now yeah. in this league from where they were drafted, and unfortunately they're sitting in the 20 rank. Jimmy G. I like, I, I've been liking the way he's played all year. I think he's done a great job at game managing, aside from the 14 turnovers overall so far this year. Uh, Jimmy needs to be better holding on to that football, but uh, you yeah, know, you almost 3,000 yards already. But You did the math real quick on that. Yeah. Like, you, real quick. Did you have to carry the one? or I, I just I didn't even really, like, 
Think like, about wait, adding eight, those together. Eight <laughs> interceptions and six. But, I mean, turnovers are turnovers in yeah. the NFL. They're the most yeah. important thing, and you got to hold on to the football. That's why throwing the football is so scary in this yeah, league because exactly. then you do things like Jimmy does. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 18, has not moved from that spot. Uh, 18 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. Denver is in a okay spot, I guess. Uh Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to, you Same know, thing, a great game manager. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of game managers in the middle in area the middle, right yep. here. You're not really seeing any of the big timers. Matt Ryan right now at this point, he's game managing as well. Yeah. He's not in the standpoint where he was five years Eight ago. fumbles is a little scary. Yeah, no, again, this See, is just. That, that, that's, that's easier throwing, math. That's 19, 19 turnovers. Yeah, that's, that's easier that's, math. That's throw, yeah, but again, at the same time, <laughs> that's throwing the football way too much. That's yeah. way too many turnovers. Well, I mean, when you have a, you know, when you have to actually uh, use your rushing offense with a wide receiver. Yeah, the rushing it, game it is shows. the rushing game is just pathetic for uh, Atlanta at this point. Another game manager. Yep, exactly. Ryan Tannehill, a lot, uh, too many interceptions. Too for, many times throwing the football. Yeah. But Derrick Henry goes down with an injury. You start yeah. throwing it more. You have no wide receivers to go with. We just continue to move on. A lot they, of turnovers well, this year. Before we move on, Tennessee, if they could just manage basically uh, their the rest of their games, and they stay in the playoff hunt, they stay in the playoff area. And they make the playoffs. You get Derrick Henry back. This team could be, uh, you know, a pretty scary team to play. Yes. Um, especially on the road because they have the perfect recipe for mm-hmm. you know road uh, victories. Carson Wentz, fifteen. I think he should be a little higher from where I'm seeing him. Twenty-two touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, but he also got seven fumbles, so that's twelve turnovers altogether. Twenty-two <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> We're doing math. We're like gonna crazy do math. <laughs> Uh, but the 22 touchdowns is just the difference maker yeah. here. We're looking at uh, you know, uh, a guy who is you know finding a way to seven yards per attempt is well, pretty pretty good too. The the thing is, so when exactly Wentz got a 1.4 in that. When when Wentz was in the MVP race and when he was good with Philadelphia, he had Frank Reich mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Frank Reich ends up taking uh, Indianapolis's job. Carson Wentz production goes yep. now joins him again in Indianapolis and look at it. You know, almost 3,000 passing yards. He's, you know, percentage is 63.3, 22 passing touchdowns to five interceptions. Obviously, you want the fumbles to, to go down, but he does rush the ball a lot for, you know, a game manager, I guess. Uh, 167 yards, one rushing touchdown. Um, but the seven fumbles is is a little questionable, so you hope that he he fixes that mm-hmm. uh, if he's going to go on that run that you believe that the Colts are going to go on. Uh, Russell Wilson, number fourteen, again sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, you know, Seattle just doesn't have any anything really. Well, they haven't turned the ball over much, which has, yeah. been, which has been good. But obviously, the defense is can't. Losing. Well, the defense can't stop anybody. Yeah. If you can't stop anybody in this league, there's nothing yeah. you can really do. Russell Wilson playing a great year. Um, he his should be top. Ten. Not, yeah, his obviously, is well, not. yeah, no, he's missed a lot of games. I mean, yeah. obviously, if he played a full season, he'd be at 25 plus right now. Yeah. I mean, look at Mac Jones, same amount of games, has played that many Three more games, more, yeah. and he's got the same amount of touchdowns. So, but this is this is where you see. The difference seventy completion, seventy uh, percent completion rating, mm-hmm. still almost over uh, to three thousand yards, uh, you know, seven point five yards per attempt. So it's not like he's, you know, dunking and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, five fumbles, eight interceptions, sixteen touchdowns. I mean, that's, uh, you know, Mac Jones is doing exactly what Belichick wants him to do. Yep. Um, and you know what? 
he's got the Patriots looking like one of the better teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson, number 12. I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson this year, although he did get hurt in this last game. Uh, I just I don't see what everybody else was seeing earlier in the season. Uh, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, only two rushing touchdowns this year in 12 games. That's... Uh, He's got close to twenty turnovers. Can we move on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know <laughs> no, I, mean? I know. I'm looking. That's what I'm this saying. This is all I keeps noticing yeah. with this is when I see all these turnovers. All these top, you know, out of the top ten quarterbacks, they're they're struggling with turnovers right now. Obviously, Kirk Cousins. I feel like getting a little lost here. I think he's having a much better year than a lot of people are uh, giving him credit for. Uh, the 27 touchdowns, the five interceptions is very good. I mean, he's got 89 yards rushing, getting those big first downs when needed. Um, you know, obviously he's, seven fumbles. He's been efficient. Yes. I mean, if you look at it, efficient. 27 and 27 12. 27 and 5 I would say 12. Well, 12, Overall, yeah, with the fumbles, yeah. yeah. absolutely. But also looking at it, it's not like they don't throw a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. 3,500 passing yards, 7.5 yards per attempt, 66. So basically a 67 uh, completion rating. I mean, that's... That's efficient, you know. You're you're looking at a very he, efficient. He, he, he year should be a top Cousins. ten player. I don't understand what he's doing at eleven. He's right outside of it. But I can't but wait now to see because I'll be able to find out who's not belongs there. I mean, Patrick Holmes being a ten. Let's just move on. I can't <laughs> wait to see all nine names <laughs> in front. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we really look at it, you know, we've been but talking again, about same thing with him. Almost twenty turnovers. Nineteen, interse- uh, 19 turnovers. So that's that's what Josh I'm saying. Josh Allen's up there too, probably. I mean, so again, now it's becoming you know a trend again. Same 19, thing. Nineteen, yeah. 19, but these uh, are teams that are turnovers. throwing the ball a lot. If you look at Dak, you look at Kirk Cousins, you look at Patrick Mahomes, they are throwing the ball a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, but again, efficiency. Look at it. You know, Patrick Mahomes, 65% per, uh, completion, uh, 3,600 yards, you know, 7.3 yards per attempt, and then still has 27 touchdowns. Oh, of too. course. And, and then you look, the at, you look at Dak, 12 games. I think 60, Russell Wilson would be in the same boat yeah, if, he yeah, was in the, if he was healthy right now. 3,300 yards, 7.4, 24 passing touchdowns. So, you know, right now the issue with these guys being ranked so low is, the you know, their turnovers. Absolutely. Um, Derek Carr, 19 turnovers. And now he's got closer to 4,000 than anybody else. Like, I think and Derek Carr should be out of the top 10 right now, and I think Kirk Cousins should be in there. Yeah. Granted, almost 4,000 <laughs> yards for Derek Carr, but they're trailing in almost every single game. Yeah. They're not running the ball. They're not running their offense the right way. Uh, and that's, That falls on Derek Carr. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow. Again, another struggle with uh with turnovers. This man is the same thing, 19 turnovers. <laughs> but again, you were looking at all these guys outside the top five. I can't wait to see the top five. Let's move yeah. on. You know, we go to Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. He's at 18 turnovers. I mean, 28 touchdowns, 3,500 yards. Again, great seven yards per attempt. I mean, that's that's good numbers, and yeah. hence why he's not number one. But at the same, if he was number one, if that wasn't 18 turnovers, then that'd be four or five. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. Only 12 turnovers. I mean, nine interceptions here with the 33 top. But, again, obviously, they are stacked around him. Their offensive line, one of the best in the league, a great running game. Stafford just playing that offense the right way. Continue to move on. Hence why he's in top five. Justin Herbert. Herbert, one fumble on the year. That's pretty key. That is. And, I mean, it's not like he doesn't rush the ball. 268 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. To have one fumble – that's impressive. And 30 uh, passing touchdowns, the 11 is. It's a reason would, why he's a top five quarterback right now as opposed to being a top yeah. 10. Oh, yeah. Look at the top 10 guys. They all got 20 turnovers. This Honestly, guy's sitting at just over 12. I would love to know how many times he's been sacked this year. Oh, it's probably been a decent amount, too. 100%. And I mean, to only have one fumble. But that's, to know that's, when to, to yeah, curl up yeah. the ball and find a way. Kyler Murray, 19 turnovers, though. 
Yeah, Ten fumbles, this guy. I think it's only because of his rushing yards and uh, whatnot. I mean, probably shouldn't be a top five player right now. I think, you know. Justin Herbert's Herbert has one more rushing yard. Yeah, but Herbert's played every game yeah. so far. Uh, Kyler Murray, obviously. Uh, yeah. Um, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, this is belonging. I mean, seven turnovers on the year, 27 touchdowns. The guy is finding a way. He doesn't turn the ball over. And he, and he hasn't had Devontae and Adams And they're probably running season. the football. They're probably throwing the football more than anyone. But obviously, Aaron Jones playing great. Dylan playing great. They're running the football the right way. And Aaron Rodgers, again, just like what I said with Stafford, same standpoint. Just yeah. find a way. And then number one. Obviously, Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, the 13 turnovers is still okay, but 36 touchdowns will, uh, will answer that. He's already got 4,000 passing <laughs> yards. He's been incredible. Two rushing touchdowns, probably one-yard sneaks both ways. Uh you know, obviously, Tom Brady deserving to be number one. Aaron Rodgers deserving to be number two. The other quarterbacks that we talk about all struggle with turnovers. I mean, yeah. if Tom Brady had nine fumbles like the rest of the guys in the top ten, then we'd be looking at almost 20 turnovers as opposed to everyone else. And the yeah. reason why these guys are the top five is because they know how to protect the ball. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, Aside from Kyle Murray, he needs to protect the ball better, too. Yeah. I, I, I like the way that they ranked the quarterbacks this week. You know, because the last time we did it, we had a lot of questionable ones that they they had there, so I mean that was yeah that was head scratching. But now we move on. Uh, before we end the show here, our power rankings through week fourteen. You start with your number ten. Uh, my number ten. I'm going with the 49ers. Uh, I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs again. They were a question between them and the Washington Redskins at who I liked at number ten. Uh, these are both two well-rounded teams. Obviously, I think Washington losing uh, some key guys uh, being the difference there. But I think the 49ers are one of the best teams in this league. I think uh, they do find ways to get big chunk plays. They are a threat every time they're out there. They're not a team you want to go up against any day of the week. And if if that's the kind of demeanor that they're pr- bringing along, they definitely are a top-10 team in my book. By the way, before we, we move on, um, Justin Herbert is 12th. In times he was sacked, it's 27 times. Uh, number one is Joe Burrow. And then we go to... But Tom. look at the trend. If you were to go look at the trend at all the guys in the top part of that, I guarantee you a lot of them are the running quarterbacks. And you know why well, yeah, it's I a mean, big it's, issue? It's because you cannot block for a quarterback that's going to easily leave the pocket all the time. It's a big reason why Kyler Murray's probably been sacked a lot, a big reason why Lamar Jackson's been sacked a lot. Think about it. You're an offensive lineman. Your back is to your quarterback. He's expected to be in a in a pocket. Yeah. And he's leaving that pocket. And defenders can see when he leaves the pocket, and you honestly can't. So it becomes a very difficult standpoint to, to try to block for these kind of quarterbacks. So, unfortunately, if you look at the trend, I guarantee you're going to see a lot of guys who run the football a lot or someone that just tries to. And it's funny because you would think a concept like that with, you know, uh, oh, well, he runs it a lot. It's probably hard to sack him. It's It becomes easier. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Zach Wilson, Tyler Heineke, Justin Herbert. Those are the top 12. Yeah, you got a couple of running guys, but you got a lot of guys that stand like stills. I mean, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger will be up there. He can't move. Kyler Murray has been sacked 23 times. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just becomes... And, and 23 fum- times and 10 fumbles. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not good. That's a little scary. That is scary. That means they're not sack fumbles. Because those you can understand. But, uh, yeah, no, with San Fran, I think, uh, you know, definitely a top 10 team. Uh, one of the best in, out there. There's no doubt about it. My number 10 team is the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, the reason I have them... 
I, I like them in the top 10, but they're really on the border for me because they're a team that just, to me, is very inconsistent. You see them one week that they look, and this it really ha- I really haven't changed my mind on, on Los Angeles since we did our last power rankings. They're a team that's, it's a flip-flop. It's like, all right, well, what team are we going to get this year, mm-hmm. this, this week? Are we going to get, you know, the MVP-type, you know, uh, quarterbacking from Justin Herbert and the team looking great, or are we going to get the head-scratching Justin Herbert where he threw a pick that we're like, you know, where are you throwing? So that's the only reason why I have them at, at number 10. Yeah, no, for number nine for me, I'm going with uh, obviously the New England Patriots. They have deserved to get themselves in the top 10. They have played great football. Uh, they have managed around a rookie quarterback unbelievably, to be honest. It's been beyond belief. Uh, credit Bill Belichick, a big reason why this team deserves to be a top 10 in my book. Uh, my number nine is the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm obviously not as high as you are. Uh, on them, and uh, it's really the only the only reason why is because I they make are. Sure I had them in my top ten. I was like, look, <laughs> all right, they're in there. Right? Uh, the reason why it's just they're seven and six so far. Um, are they going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs? Absolutely, absolutely. The way that they play the foot, uh, you know, the way they play football uh, is perfect for a team that you know just can wreck everybody's playoffs. Um, but to me right now, it's kind of like they're on the border, really. And that's the only reason why I have them so low is because, you know, they could possibly not make the playoffs. They're not even number one in their division. Yeah. So that is my – that's my issue with, with Indianapolis. I think it changes as the season progresses, yeah. of course. I mean, uh, I'm going with the Chargers at uh, number eight. Uh, Chargers have shown every reason why they're a top ten team. They have it on both sides: offense, defense. They, uh, they, obviously, they're not turning it over. Justin Herbert playing uh, MVP style right now. Uh, they have every reason to be in the top ten. Uh, number eight, Tennessee. I have uh, you know just ahead of Indianapolis because they're ahead of Indianapolis in the standings. Um, but they're again, they're a team that. There's no Derrick Henry. They're they're hoping to get ter- Derrick yeah, Henry. Yeah, you're Tennessee. I mean, we basically have the same teams in both of our uh, top tens. And the only difference is being is me at number seven, I have the Buffalo Bills, yeah. and obviously his Buffalo Bills are the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Uh, for the Bills, for me, um, they barely lost to New England uh, in a game where it was impossible to throw the football. I think in a game where actually the uh, conditions are a lot easier, I think uh, you got to give the edge to Buffalo there. I don't see Buffalo losing to this team, uh, hence, you know, without – you know, honestly, it was almost close to 40-mile-per-hour wins yeah. in that game. It was ridiculous. Uh, but Buffalo, obviously, uh, not playing well. Um, but I'm not one of those that if a team's not playing well, I'm going to really fall off them. Uh, there were times this year where even San Fran wasn't playing well and, you know, uh, Kansas City wasn't playing well. I still had them in my top ten. What about Dallas, then? Oh, yeah, no, Dallas wasn't playing well. But Dallas, look, they were right in the middle of it. The- <laughs> do I have Dallas? You don't even have Dallas in the top ten. Oh, God, I don't. Look at that. <laughs> I should probably have them in the top ten. <laughs> you probably but I, should. But I don't. But – uh, that is my number. Uh, what are we at? Six? Mm-hmm. Number seven? No, number six. No, ten, nine, eight, You're seven. seven. Yeah, this, this is there. my seven. No, I, um, understandable. Dallas went from see, one to you, seven. I can't even do, I can't well, Dallas went from one to seven. He's questioning why I don't have him in my top. Uh, well, five, listen. So. When yeah. we did, we did that in what week seven or yeah, something they, like yeah, that. Yeah, so, it was right after you played everybody in yeah. your division once. So that was <laughs> that must have been tough. No, but obviously, now Dallas has every right to be in the top ten as well. I agree with you one hundred percent. They probably should be a a a ten one a for me. You know, obviously yeah. at this rate, uh, they are a good team. Um, My like the the issue right now with Dallas, and uh, 
I probably would have had him higher if Dak was playing better. Mm-hmm. And right now, the defense is playing well, but Dak's not playing well. And it's it's a little well, as they get their defense more and more healthy, I think Dallas becomes more yeah. and more a threat as we get closer along. But after uh, Buffalo and you have Dallas, obviously, um, at number six. six for me, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs playing great football. Uh, I don't know if they still have everything figured out yet. We're going to find out tonight. This will be a good game, a good challenge them against the char- Chargers. I expect a great game back yeah. and forth the entire it's time. And nothing Exactly, and nothing short. Uh, my number six team is going to be Los Angeles Rams. Uh, big difference between me and you. Yeah. But uh, big, to big me, yeah. <laughs> to me, uh, the big Rams, difference. they're it's. I feel like they're a little overrated. Uh, yeah. You know, I just don't see it. They're I, just that good. I, I don't. I. I just don't. I don't see it because because they. I don't I mean, know. They, they I don't just know. lost. With, to Ari- they just beat Arizona shorthanded, and you. But got I'm not you high on Ari- Arizona either. You, well, you, you I'm are higher. You yeah. got them on four. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I mean, have I hear, them. I got higher. them at five right now. I have yeah. them right ahead of Kansas City. Obviously, just, Arizona. You I'm know, not struggled. high on Arizona. I know they struggled, but look at Ar- Kyle Murray. We talked about it. 23 sacks, 10 fumbles. They need to protect the ball better. Yeah. They protect the ball better. They're going to be a better well, team. Well, now especially yeah, now losing with, Hopkins. Yeah, that becomes a big loss, and obviously them having him last the other night and still losing becomes a continuous thing. Yes. Yeah, so uh, my five team is New England. Uh, New England, I could see even being the top team in the AAFC, but Kansas City's finding their stride. Uh, but New England's going to be a tough team if they don't turn the ball over like they've been, uh, if they play good defense like they've been, if they run the ball like they've been. This team has a recipe to be the top team in Absolutely. the AFC. So I have them at number five. I have them right there. Uh, they in my top ten, they are the second best AFC team. I agree. So that's why I have New England at number well, five. Well, the best teams in it. But yeah. no, I honestly I have Tampa next. Uh, you got uh, Tampa three. Yes. Uh, so for Tampa, for both of us, we both have them as top five teams. Uh, Tampa is a great team. Uh, I don't know. I mean, having Green Bay ahead of them is like a one and one A. I think Green Bay is getting more healthier, especially on the defensive side. I think once Green Bay gets their defense back, they're going to be like in full throttle. And I'll be honest, a game that I'll be looking forward to would be a Tampa Bay and Green Bay matchup. Yeah. That would be incredible. And it, all these games are important Where right now. Where does that play? Exactly. It's a big difference <laughs> of playing it in Tampa Bay, Florida yeah, exactly. and in Green but Bay. So I think it benefits it doesn't it doesn't benefit either one of the teams yes, to play in Tampa Bay. No, I think, like they, yeah, I think they both lean both... on passing games. But I think, honestly, I'll, I'll give the edge to Green Bay's running game. The only reason I have them ahead of Tampa right now, the only reason, and it's and by a slight. they don't even slight, have Aaron Jones. It's That's by a slight. And A.J. Dillon's well, they been just, playing well. The two of them even together yeah. have been playing very, very well. Uh, for me, at number three, I went with the Indianapolis Colts. He's got Arizona at four. There's a little mix-up of yeah. us right now because you had Tampa at three. Uh, yeah. My three team is the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts have been playing great football. They're running the ball be- better than any other team in the NFL. By far the best rushing attack of any other football team. Uh, a big reason why I have them in my top three. Uh, obviously, uh, it, there's still question marks there, obviously, with Carson Wentz. But I think, like we said earlier, with him having uh, Frank Wright and all that, um, it should be a big uh, a big plus for uh, Indy, and I expect them to continue to win games. Yeah, as you said, uh, my number three is Tampa Bay. You know, and that's that's where I had him at four. Yeah, I mean, it's really just it's, we're looking at one. Well, of yeah, that's the thing. It, it we we flip flop with everything yeah. here uh, in the top five. Uh, but uh, yeah, I have Tampa Bay because I feel like they're they're finding their stride. As I said with Kansas City, they're finding their stride, 
And they won the Super Bowl last year. They're, they're a team, and they haven't really changed much. Nope. They added Richard Sherman. Yep. You know, so they they he haven't really got his changed. First interception yeah. the other day too, as well. So to me, there's really no change, and I feel like they should be as they're finding their stride. They should be in the top three, no, and I have them number three. Well, hands down, number two. We both agree with this one. The Green yeah. Bay Packers. Um, they've been playing great football. Aaron Rodgers, like we talked about, he's number two ranked on the quarterback rankings for a reason. He is the MVP of the NFL right now. He has been playing incredible all season long. Uh, there have been other things off the field that have, uh, you know, uh, almost clouded in what he's done on the field. Yeah, but, but you I know mean, what? Personally, we're a show that reflects on uh, things that are done on the field and the nonsense that goes on outside the field. And we're both dealing with it as well. That might that might have been perfect for him, though. No, of course. Because but I, there's all, there's been the question of like, well, should Green Bay bring him back? And yeah. then you know now he it's puts in else the, for them to talk about. Exactly. Of course, actually, you know what? Honestly, in a good standpoint, that makes a yeah. good sense. But obviously, Green Bay thriving on the football field. Aaron Rodgers, the leader of the pack, uh, literally. Um, obviously, uh, he continues to be an incredible player. He's been for the last couple of years. Uh, and at number one for me, I went with the Los Angeles Rams. He's got the Kansas City Chiefs, which could potentially be, you know, uh, the Super Bowl matchup this year. Uh, for me, the Rams, I don't see them as an overrated team. I think they continue to play well. They have a great team, great setup. Uh, Arizona's a great team. They they really did play a great job against them the other day. And being able to stop Kyler Murray the way they were, whoa, the way they were able to uh, is a big uh a big plus for any Rams fan right now. The real question was defense, and right now there's really there's no questioning on both sides of the, uh, the field. This team is uh, is ready to win. Yeah, I have Kansas City number one mainly because of not because of their offense. We know that their offense is going to be as you know great as it always been. Uh, they just need to find their mojo. But um, for me, I have them at number one because of their defense. Their defense has changed so much in the last seven games, and as I said earlier. 10 points allowed in the la- uh, average 10 points allowed in the last this will be you know, a real test for them games. tonight I mean honestly yeah. it really come down to whether or not they can take care of the uh, charge they can take care of the charge well they lost to the Chargers the last time right well they I believe I mean honestly I, what I see coming is if the Chargers lose this game tonight to Kansas City Chargers go out of my top 10 Dallas yeah. comes on in and obviously uh if the Chiefs are able to uh not take care of business tonight then the Chiefs really are in a standpoint where you know they potentially could have some troubles come playoff time, and that Colt game could be a big one. All right, here we go. Uh, right before we get out of here, week 15 expectations. I'll give mine. Chiefs continue to show their recent dominance. They win tonight, and New England will officially show the rest of the league they are for real. I like New England this, this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, Miami Dolphins. I think Devontae Parker has a great uh, game. Jalen Waddle just got told he's got COVID-19. This, yeah. uh, There's a lot of COVID going around I think Devontae Parker becomes a really good play in Daly's fantasy football. That's a, yeah, definitely an opinion of mine as well. Uh, and for me, honestly, uh, you know, tonight's game, uh, I think Kansas City takes care of business again. I'm um, just on the same boat as you. I think they uh, is a tough matchup for them, but I think they really come uh, – Guns blazing, and uh, I think this game becomes a very exciting one tonight and uh, probably one of the best games of the season so far. That will do it for running up the score. A nice long show. Uh, Sorry. This was a good one. No, I took a break. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) But that will do it. I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. B. Breezy. Breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.